Hey, it's Margot Tantow here. Welcome to Windowsill Chats, a podcast for creatives and the creatively curious. I am so glad you're here. I've spent decades working with artists and being one myself. I've spent time in the trenches, figuring out the best way to get something made, how to put oneself out there, how to get your work noticed, and pull yourself up and face the next challenge. Windowsill Chats brings you creativity from a global perspective, as I talk in depth to friends I've met along the way. I'm here to bring their stories to you, as well as a few of my own, and see if there's anything you can pull out for yourself. Maybe a laugh, something you can relate to, and definitely a little bit more community for your quiet corner. So grab a cup of tea or coffee or a glass of wine and join me over in my sunny windowsill. Yes, I need your trouble. for finding your way to the windowsill today. I am super, super glad you're here. This is really my favorite time of the week, being able to to talk with you. I have one of my favorite friends on this week. Her name is Paula Gerling, and we met years ago um, and actually ended up working together when Erin and I had Relish. Paula lived in Atlanta, downtown Atlanta, until just a few months ago, where she moved up to the mountains of the South. And in Paula's words, when it comes right down to it, I just like making things sometimes for profit, but more often just for the joy of it. Who else can relate to that? It's really nice to be able to say that, I think. For that reason, I think of myself as more of a maker than an artist or illustrator. I don't really have a particular style. And for a long time, I thought this was a bad thing, but it has proven useful. I do what I need to do to get the job done and to make my clients and myself happy. Lately, I've been doing more product design and I really enjoy that. It can be challenging to come up with a product and adapt my art to suit that particular product. It is problem solving at its best. And this, along with brainstorming, are two of my favorite things. Most of my inspiration comes from childhood memories and life experience. Though it isn't obvious, I'm writing a book about my life through the things I create, as well as my illustrations. Isn't that cool to think about? I mean, really, how many of us, if you stop and think about it, can say that? The things that come out of our pen or our cursor or our hands into illustration or product or whatever, aren't they really our story? Coming from a family of creative people, someone was always making something by hand. Knitting, sewing, painting, or the making of Christmas gifts and decorations was the norm. Ever since I can remember, I have made things. Doll clothing, shoes, cards, you name it. Somehow I have managed to make this into a career, and I am beyond grateful for that. Much like life, my artwork is constantly changing. When I try to take control, chaos will ensue, so I try and go with the flow and follow the path as best as I can. Life is much more interesting that way, and I like to keep things interesting. Paula has licensed her art for use throughout the gift, stationery, and home decor industry since 2003. You can discover her work on a wide variety of products from fabric and garden flags to calendars and ceramics sold throughout the world. Paula and I really get into some great tips about how to, I was going to say how to draw your things, how to make and draw how to get your things in front of the right people and really how to get things noticed. I mean, this, this is a great conversation. We kind of went to some places that, that I wasn't expecting and there are some gems of knowledge here. So grab that cup of tea, that glass of wine, take that walk, whatever you're doing. And I thank you for being here with me at the windowsill today. Here is Paula Gerling. Paula Gerling, thank you for being here with me today. You are welcome. I'm happy to be here. Paula and I go way back. As a matter of fact, (laughs) we tried this once already. It was in the early days of Relish and my lovely, wonderful, well-meaning editor said, I don't think people are going to get what you're talking about. It It turned out being just like a big, you know, inside secret kind of conversation. So we're back. Yeah, we're back. We're back with tidbits of knowledge for you today. 
yes, that hopefully will make sense. And I hopefully I won't contradict myself too much because I do that a lot, but you know. That's okay, that people can figure out where, where they fit in. <laughs> so Miss Paula J, give me a little, give me a little background on you. Like, oh, you my. have such a, a good creative history. I, Western girl. I mean, I just have to say, you know, I just have always made things and I, I don't, I don't really think of myself so much as an illustrator or an artist. It's just a maker and a creator. That sounds kind of cliche. That's a good point right there, because I think people tend to put themselves in one or the other of those groups. And I, I don't think that fits everyone. Yeah. I'm, I'm really never, I've never been in a, in a group really. I just do, uh, you know, some days, I mean, you know, the majority of my work is illustration, I would say, where I illustrate for products or calendars or, um, you know, whatever somebody wants or says they want. And when I have time, I really like to just make things. And often in the making of the thing, whatever it is, leads to, oh, I could turn this sort of into a product in a different way and, you know, use my illustration in a different way and present a finished product, which is what I really enjoy, you know, and for me, that's like solving a problem. And I, I really problem solving, brainstorming. I enjoy that. I love that. You've, you have actually, this could lead to a little story that I might've referenced on this podcast before. Um, We, we used to do a making thing that then yep. led to product. And I know you've done many. So what Paul and I, we used to work together and live in the same city, Atlanta, Georgia. And what we used to do on Sundays was go out to an early breakfast yeah. and, and get a, grab a bag of things from each of our studios that we wouldn't mind sharing or would be fun to share with, with each other. Supplies, not food. Yeah. <laughs> it was supplies. Yeah. <laughs> have food and then more food. So we'd go out and we'd talk about whatever we need to talk about. And, you know, sometimes we'd do stuff like, I think one day we went to that fabulous Atlanta cemetery one day after breakfast. Oh, Oakland. Yeah, you're right. We did. Yeah. Whatever would inspire. And then we'd go back usually to your studio, sometimes to mine, and then would dump on the big table, all the supplies and make something. And at that point in time, we were really into stitching these sort of, I don't know, little story pieces of art. What, how would you describe that? Like applique kind of, or, uh, I, yeah. Yeah, see, I don't really know what they were called. We just made like, if uh, one day you felt like making a flower out of. Yeah. Stitched, stitched stories basically. Yeah. And we would put them on, um, those flower sacks or, or whatever. Yeah. yeah we had bits and pieces of fabric and trim and we would just make these things. And, and I loved Paula's and they really were like, I remember a house and a yard of flowers and a, a picket fence and looking right at it. Yeah. Looking, oh, well, there you go. But that turned into product for you. Yeah. In a, in a roundabout way, a roundabout way. Um, when I started doing art with Lang that they did a calendar out of the stitched work. And at some point, you know, and they made product out of it. And, I, and you know, I so long ago, I'm assuming it did okay because I stayed with them for quite some time. And um, I do remember at one point, Dan DePaulo was the uh, art director there. And he said, you know, you're going to have to start painting or you're going to kill yourself making, you know, because for a calendar, you had to make 12 stitch things. I mean, that took forever. So I went back into painting and watercolor, but then I incorporated fabric with it. And stitch- stitching lines kind of became one of your sometimes actual stitching. And so that's kind of how I shifted into more illustration. I love that. And, and your dresses, you made paper dresses and shoes that turned into illustration. Yeah. So that's a really, really interesting example of how making and illustrating can blend from one to the other. Cause I feel like often we keep those things separate, but they don't need to be. I mean, those of you who are looking around your wherever you're sitting right now, maybe you made something that then you can draw, or maybe you drew something that then you can make like, right. Marry your worlds a little bit, or don't be, don't think you can't do one. Don't think you can't because it won't relate to what you need to do because it all does. I mean, I think for me, the making inspires everything else. It just inspires. Oh, me. completely. Yeah. I'm completely inspired. Like if I'm just stuck, I'll just like make a paper house or whatever, make a, you know, I won't, I won't go overboard, but 
And Can I quote you on that? Anytime <laughs> I'm stuck, I just make a paper. make a paper house. Yeah. And it's, you just never know where that takes you. Right. I mean, those things that we know how to do so well, because we've made, you've stitched so many things. And for me, I can sit down with a spool of wire and a pair of pliers and I can make anything I want to make basically, because I've done it for 30 years. So I can, in my own style, something is going to come out of my fingers and my own. And I don't, I don't mean to, that sounded like what I meant was it's familiar to me. And, it's familiar. And, I, and you, you know, another thing with making things like with, when I sit down to do an illustration, I have so many, I don't know things hovering over me, like, oh, it's got to be good. It's got to look like this. It's got to be, you know, licensable. It's got to make money. It's got to, but, and I'm trying to get away from that. But when you just make something, there are no, what, what is the word? I'm like parameters, rules, yeah. or expectations. I have no expectations. That's it. And when I illustrate, I have so many expectations and I want it to sometimes look like what's in my head, but it rarely does. Rarely for me, the same, like never, but often kind of joyfully better than I thought it might have, or, you know, some quirky thing happened, but that is so interesting that you say that because when you're sitting down to make something, you're, you're freer maybe, or you're playing freer. Yeah, for sure. So I think that there's a lot of people who can probably relate to that. And I, I think that's a sticking point, if you will, for any creative is, is, oh my gosh, I'm not ready. Or I can't do this because it doesn't feel right. Or it should look like this. Or I'm looking online and everybody's looks like this. When really, if we could trick our brain to think about when we're illustrating for a job, say, because it's not, that's usually what's happening to be like it is when we're making something on a Sunday morning, wouldn't that be nice? And the other, you know, I used to get so hung up on looking at other people's work and wanting in my mind to be, I need to be as good as them. Why didn't I think of that? There, everyone out there is so much better than me. But then I realized one day, you know, for as many people as I'm looking at thinking how much better they are than me, there are probably people looking at me thinking how much better I am than them. It's that whole thing of realizing that that is exactly what's happening. Like we're comparing ourselves to others. Others are ex- comparing ourselves themselves to us. Let's right. just stop all that. <laughs> like, yeah. Let's I mean, just stop all that. I mean, I know it's so much easier, more easily said than done. However, yeah. what is like, find a quote, find a, I don't know, a, a favorite cup of tea, find a, somebody to call, find a favorite walk, something to calm your mind and say, I'm making this up. I, this is only in my head. I am enjoying this, so I'm going to do it. Or I need to do this for work, and I fully know what I need to be doing, so I'm going to do it. You know, what what are little tips that you use to to get yourself out of that? Um, A couple, sometimes I go for a walk. If I'm just sitting here and I'm so frustrated that something is not going the way I want it to go or that I need an answer, I'll just go for a walk or I'll just you know, that's probably the best thing you can do is just get away from it. Uh, sometimes I, you know, there are a couple people I have who I'll send the imagery to. I mean, sometimes you're one and I'll just say, oh my God, this, what, is there something, what is wrong with this? I can't pinpoint it. And, you know, just like with the fabric things we used to make, it's like, it needs a red button. Oh, <laughs> then, you know, or someone, or, you know, sometimes I'll hear back. It looks amazing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, me beating myself up, especially if it's something, um, because I work in a lot of different styles. So if it's a new style to me, and it seems maybe it's too simple, because I tend to keep overworking things. And maybe um, I think, oh, this is just too simple. No one's going to ever want this. Uh, And it's always the thing people pick. (laughs) So So funny. and, And I mean, I just think a lot of it is experience. You know, it's, it's just because it's the other thing is just because I am not a hundred percent happy with it, which doesn't mean I put art out that I'm not happy with, but I'm just on the fence or something. I will, I, I work at this point, the people I work with, I trust completely. Yeah. And if I send it, they'll, you know, and I never say, I don't, I'm not sure about this. I just send it. Yeah. 
and I wait to hear back because I don't want to put in their head that there's a valuable tip. There might be something wrong with this. Do you know, I work with people that say things like, I don't know, you might not like this, but like, don't ever say that. Never, Just never, ever, ever. Be con- fake being confident if you're not confident. Yeah, I mean, you you can be neutral, like, oh, this may work for what you're looking for. I hope it does. But it's taken me this many years. I mean, it's taken like 20 years. <laughs> so, I mean, if that's anything I can instill in the, the new people starting out there, it's it's that. Just do, do your thing. And yeah, I mean, I can't tell you how much rejection I've had. Yeah. But it's fine. You know, that's that means it wasn't for them. It doesn't mean it was bad or wrong. It just wasn't for that client. Yes. I saw a quote recently that was something like that. You know, if somebody doesn't want to hang out with you, basically I've, I thought of it more as a relationship thing, but it's it equally pertains to work. If somebody doesn't call you back or want to hang out with you, they're really not your people. And for everybody that doesn't, there's somebody that does. And those are, thank goodness we have found those friends and those businesses and yeah, it's not, I mean, my favorite thing to say is it's not you, it's them. And that, and you know, and I don't mean that negatively to them, but sure. you know, there's nothing wrong with you. They just don't, you're just not their cup of tea. That's fine. Yeah. Just remember that because you know, it, it doesn't always work the first time or the second time or the fifth time, but you're learning something every time, every time you really are. And then, and then it does work. And then because you've kind of gone through that, you, you have a lot of respect for that relationship potentially. And it, and it often those, those people that you find to work with, it happens over and over and season after season and artwork after illustration. And it, it just keeps, keeps going. And sometimes you submit something and maybe it's just not right for harvest or whatever. Exactly. But then you send it the next time there's a call for harvest and they love it because it's, I, I don't know, because they've seen something in it. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's, you just, you that's don't such know. a good point because you're, you could be ahead of their curve completely. Right. That right. often, often happens often send it again. Like, I know you saw this, right. again, but I'm sending it again. Everybody listen, don't be afraid to do that. And half the time they're not going to remember that they didn't see it. I've sent things I do a lot of um, flags. A lot of my art goes on garden flags and I'll, you know, I'll send it like holiday. I always send the same holiday over and over again because, uh, you know, here's, here's a prime example. Maybe they need, they want holiday. So you send holiday and you send stock, a stocking and they don't pick the stocking image. It could be because they've already picked four stocking images. Exactly. And if you send it the next time, the next year, they need more stocking images and they didn't already pick for, you know, it's sometimes it's just the luck of the draw. It's timing. Uh, You're exactly right. It it really is. It can really literally be, oh my gosh, three people already submitted that cat on a pumpkin. Right. We already picked, yeah, we already picked a cat on a pumpkin. Right. So So speaking of fall harvest and cats on pumpkins, (laughs) Yes. like I, Want to point, and we talked a little bit about this before we press record, but um, in my mind, you're you're part of that OG original licensing group of people in our era, at least, that figured out how to get your work on products years ago. And I know you first started with a product you made yourself in the, in the Mart. And when I say in the Mart, um, we're talking about the gift shows in the U S one of the biggest places to go to a gift show to buy wholesale is the Atlanta merchandise Mart that has a big show twice a year. So if you are, if you're a person who's looking to license in that industry, it's the place to know about. Yes. And the New York, the New York. York, Yeah. And there's Vegas now. Yeah. But I'd say New York and Atlanta are the two, the two biggies for gift, or at least were, you know, I mean, I still are, but they were, (laughs) we haven't been able to go for a while, but so you, you started with a line of fantastic boxes, which is how we met originally, but those now, cause I thought of this a minute ago when you were talking about simple line work, cause to me, those were very graphically simple and they were so memorable. I still can think of those images in my mind. And they were basically, you know, black, black paint, black ink on a, on a color, but image imagery that 
was very, you know, like a teacup or, you know, things that were very memorable with it. And it had, there were, it was a wooden box that had a very clever bent fork on top, excellent artwork, maybe a sugar cube. But so how did that lead into licensing for you? Well, actually, I'm going to back up to a product before that. The product before that were the, I was cutting little tea, doing the boxes, but cutting teacups or whatever the object was out of Luan or thin wood, hand painting every single one and then sticking them up to that. That was that. And then that just ridiculous because it was all, all this hand work. Like you're stitching, but they were so good, Paula. Yeah. And then, so then I started drawing these labels. So that's how I started illustrating more. I mean, I went to art school for painting and photography. Right. (laughs) That's, and then I started making that version and that did surprisingly well. And somebody came through our studio during the Olympics and asked me, cause we were, I lived in Atlanta during the Atlanta Olympics. And I, um, we opened our studios cause we were right smack downtown. And this woman from sports illustrated came in and said, are you, you really should be an illustrator. And I was like, what? <laughs> she said, you could license your work and do that. And so that's, Whoever she was, thank you. Wow. Um, yeah. And I thought, oh, licensing. What? And then the next show I went went to, to the, I think it was the New York show when it was at the um, the Coliseum that isn't yeah. even there. Let's date ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I started talking to these people. Like licensing was the buzz then. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't really a well-known yeah. thing. Sure, other people did it, but it wasn't, you know, really. And so that, that and I started putting a portfolio together with those inky drawings and um, went and did a show called Surtex, which is a licensing show that wasn't really that big of a thing. I was right in the beginning of it. Yeah. And, you know, met all these other people doing the same thing, became friends with them, saw what they were doing. And, you know, it just, it, it's, you know, it's who you know. And, yeah. And who you, you really need to know the people that do what you do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We all know something different than somebody else. Yeah. We could, we, Oh, so-and-so would like that. Or you would, you should talk to this person. Right. right. So yeah. that, that's important. And I mean, really, so anyway, that's, that's how it all. Yeah. Happened. yeah. So, you know, one of the things that comes up for me often when I'm talking to people, artists um, is the different ways of getting licensed, the different needs of mm-hmm. companies doing the licensing. And yeah. I, f- I feel like it kind of goes, falls in two camps. The people that have their own style and, and have those Sunday mornings where they're like, I'm just going to draw right. you know, whatever that's- it is today. And that's going to be what I am. And then maybe right. I will license some of that. Or the people that say there's companies that are going to need something for autumn a cat with a pumpkin with a cat on it or, you know, whatever that is. And I'm going to make sure that I do that because it's a hundred percent known that that is needed. So how have you walked that line and found your success? Well, I'll tell you what changed for me. And we touched on this a little bit, but um, I was really knocking myself out doing illustrations in like scenes you know, if there was a teacup and a teapot, you know, there had to be a window and a cat and, a, you know, like a whole scene. I had a mm-hmm. scene. And at some point I thought I am just working way too hard at one illustration. So I just started doing more elements and just keeping it simple and putting those on I don't know, like, oh, here's a here's a teacup. You know, maybe you do the whole scene, but then you pull, pop some of the elements out and put them on other things so that people can see them. Art directors can see them in different lights. I guess you would. Sometimes there's a background, sometimes there's not. But if you look at the product that's out there now in stores, there are very few full on scenes. And when I say a scene, I hope everybody knows what I mean. I mean, like a, like a book illustration kind of, but not quite. And so what all flipped for me and when I, all of a sudden had like five collections to design was 
I, I was like, oh, you know, I think I'm going to make a patterned apple and stitch around it and then do some inky leaves and put that on a pillow and I'll do a series of fruit and I'm going to send it off to this company and just see what they think. And, and it's someone who I have a relationship with. Mm-hmm, I see, mm-hmm. Maybe pillows like this, maybe some napkins. I don't know. And you did and, this on the computer, not on a computer. Yeah. Not uh, an actual yeah. pillow. Not an actual pillow. And um, I got a huge line out of it. I mean, there was ceramics, there were, and it was so simple. It was just this apple. (laughs) (laughs) I make it sound so simple, but you know, when you, but then when you take that and put it on all those products, that's when it gets. Right. And sometimes complicated is getting that relationship with that company. Yes. So the hard work was on a different side. Mm -hmm. Um, and a, a, co- I, a coastal collection came out of that. A Christmas collection came not out of the apples, but with that yeah. company. And for the um, a line I did that should be in stores now with Creative Co-op. Actually, I have a sample. And he, oh, this goes right back to what we were talking about. I made these little houses, two little painted houses. Yeah, out of cardboard. And I thought, you know, those would be super cute vases. Uh-huh. All you have to do is put a hole in the roof or put a flower out of coming out of the chimney or whatever. And so I took pictures of these and then I just did some quick little terrible drawings. I can say I can be negative on these because they were just like flying. Like, here's yeah, my get, idea. getting the idea across of a thing and and took them in and showed them to creative co-op. And she's like, yeah, put something together. And now I've got this awesome line. And then, you know, from the end, some old felt ornaments that I made became, became a line, some paper mache shapes that I did became a line. So, you know, not, not everybody has the ability I'm, again. Yeah. Well, has the ability to do these, make these different things, but coming from a making everything background, it's a good, they're good skills to have. Calling all creatives. This episode is brought to you by Relish Your Creativity. What is Relish Your Creativity, do you ask? It's a monthly creative community built by myself and Natalie Shepard to specifically help you imagine and bring to life a vibrant vision for your own creative future. Relish Your Creativity is curated to bring you monthly classes where we deep dive into relevant topics, a private Facebook group to connect, share, and learn together, guest speakers, live chats, and a caring community. If you're ready to confidently put your art into the world, feel more comfortable and empowered in the direction you're heading, or spend focused time on your own creative growth, Relish Your Creativity is the membership for you. To learn more, head on over to www.relishyourcreativity.com. That's R-E-L-I-S-H-Y-O-U-R-C-R-E-A-T-I-V-I-T-Y.com. And we can't wait for you to see what we have in store. They are. And I think there's people listening right now that, I mean, we've swung with every class and all the things and the things that have shown up the strongest on social, we've swung to illustration being the way to license. We've swung to, um, you have to draw in this way. You have to present your goods in this way. You have to, and really it's about, there's some other skills that you need and it's being tenacious. It's thinking, oh my gosh, I can't stress this enough thinking about what the product could look like. Yes. Oh my God. Like thinking about three dimensional, thinking about what if I just took this apple, what do I want in my house? Do I want that pillow illustrated in a whole scene with an apple tree or a table with apples on it? Or do I just want an apple simple with stitching around it? Probably just the apple. So what do you want in your space? What can you, or think about that client you want to want to go after. Think about what they're already doing. Like what stuff do they sell? What is the, what's on their website? Design in your style to fit what they're doing. I right. love this. And you're a maker first. I mean, most of us are makers first. I mean, even if it's a really good spaghetti sauce, like we're makers. And I think so many creatives, and you guys have heard me say this before, like I was literally told in a past life, like, can't you just pick one thing? No. No, no. I could not pick just one thing. No, I love that you do this, Paula. I love that this has worked for you because 
I think for a long time, you were, you were leaning into the illustration being the thing that needed to be seen. And that worked too. That worked it too. worked fine, but this is working much better. It's working better. And I would dare to guess that it's a lot more fun. It's way more fun. Yeah. Except for the times when you have to design like 40 products in two weeks. And, <laughs> but it's still fun. I mean, it really is. I shouldn't, it's stressful, but it's, it's fun. And so for me, the work shifted from the, from working too hard at one, getting, just getting that one illustration just right, or that one group of four or whatever to, yeah, I mean, we'll just keep using the apple. I'm going to make an apple and see if I can design some interesting product using an apple. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that this is really, you know, and I, I think we've talked about this a lot because there was, there was several times that I worked with different companies that I really wanted to use Paula's work and we would like try to go down one path or another. And I would think back to the boxes or the stitching or the, any other of the many things we've done together and think, how can we not like, how could we physically make that product, but how can we express that same feeling and that's yeah. what you're you've figured that out that's that's like us trying to do the difficult illustration where it's just not and we don't want to do it until it's what we both have in our heads and we don't know what that is quite yet maybe when we're 70 we'll get that product that is going. a million years from now paula <laughs> oh that's that's way too far off seriously okay. though i think that i think that that's really it interesting is far off. it, it is, is. Really far let's off. review that is far off. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Not as far as I'd like it to be, but far. Um, but, but seriously, I think like I, people are think, sitting there, I, if it were me listening and I hadn't heard this before, I'm like, wait a minute, you're validating something that I don't quite know what to do with. Like, what do you mean? I make a thing and then I, and then I send it to someone. But what, what you're really saying is you deconstructed your illustration and then made something that you might've made by hand, or maybe you did like these beautiful paper houses that you then, you know, took a picture of, put it in Photoshop, drew a right. flower coming out of it and then sent it that way. So you're, the work that you love to do is inspiring the work that you're selling. Yes. And I wish I had a sample here of one of the houses because they look nothing like those. They're white and gold, just a little I mean, they're nothing. They look nothing like the what I sh just showed. So they don't, but the, but they're amazing, and they came. They exist in the world because you did those colored ones. And exactly. I will have a picture of those in the show notes because when I saw that line, I was like, oh, you know, these are fantastic, and they they wouldn't have existed without that. Now, part of it too is working with people with vision or having some vision yourself and saying. You can have these houses in color or you can have the, you could do it this way. This is why I love it when I look in a portfolio. So many of you spend so much time making patterns. Show that one pattern in more than one colorway because yeah. it just could take on such a different life Absolutely. if it's in black and white or if it's got, you know, a, a, you know, fall tones or pastel tones or, and you might that very same pattern somebody might be looking at it and not seeing it any other way, but what it is on the paper. And then yet you show it in a slightly different way and you get a line out of it. That's, you know, that's so true because I know for me and I, well, I'm just, I know as an, as an art director, if you don't like pink or you're not looking for pink, you're going to go right past that pattern. It doesn't matter if it's like the most fantastic pattern you've ever seen. You're only going to see pink. Mm -hmm. But then if on the next page, it's, blue or however you set up your portfolio, maybe they're all on the same page. Oh, look, because they, it looks totally different. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and sometimes pull things off the background. If you mm -hmm. have a snow scene on a background, get rid of that background, show it yeah. both ways. And because sometimes somebody just wants the clean. You know, I think elements, like you said, is another really, really good tip. I, so maybe you've drawn a beautiful a beautiful, and I know Chad Barrett does this yeah. studio, past studio made of yours. I know I teach this online, but if you are, if you have a whole scene and you're like, oh my gosh, I've got this peacock and he's in this, is in this jungle and he's sitting on a settee and he's 
there's these beautiful leaves and these exotic flowers. But if you just pull out the leaves, the flowers, the peacock, right. a feather, blah, 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 a color palette, like then all of a sudden the art director looking at it is like, oh my God, I need a peacock. I did not need a peacock and a settee in a jungle scene. It's- exactly. And you know, maybe they use the, the whole beauty, sh- what I'll call the beauty shot, like the whole thing for a print, but then you're going to get that print on Buku products because now they have a pattern to work, work with. Now they have just a peacock on something. Now they have just a flower that complements the peacock. I mean, it's, you know, I don't know why she swallowed the fly. <laughs> I guess she'll die. Um, but that's, <laughs> but that's really what you have to do. And that, do- that doesn't mean spend a month Mm-mm. designing this whole thing. Mm-mm. You know, you can, I mean, Chad works in that way and he is, you know, super successful at it. But if you need to just get your toes wet there, you know, just do your whatever, pull it off the background and then give a little pattern and a border because that at least makes them, makes an art director realize, you know, how to think that way, you know, how to create something that's cohesive. Exactly. And Honestly, when you're working as an art director as fast as you can go, for instance, at Creative Co-op, it's like, oh my gosh, look at that. There's there's a border here. I can just stick, I, now I can make bowls because I'm going to take that yellow color. I'm sticking that border around it. I'm going to do it in blue and green and red, whatever. Or you, you're just, a, you're giving content. So elements are, are a big tip you've learned today. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's very difficult to do mm-hmm. if you, your brain isn't that way it's it's hard to flip the switch yeah. that but it's, it's an exercise it's 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 like an exercise in school like your teacher's like yeah. what elements are in here and you're in and you you're saying like what do you mean elements this is a whole piece but right. they are they are there yeah and that for me that came from working with Lang because they those were the days, again, a long time ago, you would send an illustration in and that's all that your job was done. Yeah. They take it apart in Photoshop. And this is when, before Photoshop, well, I mean, before people were like painting and making stuff in Photoshop that looked painted, they would cut it all apart, pull out, they would do that. And I finally said, would it be easier for you if I just painted elements and patterns and borders? And I, oh my God, yes, that would be so much easier. So I almost never see that in portfolios. Almost never. Yeah. And I, I you know, it, it's a difficult, I yeah. think it's hard for some people to get their head around it, like, but I'm not giving them a completed project, but that's good because, <laughs> you yeah. know, and that. And it doesn't mean you can't put, give them the scene, yeah. but pluck some things out of there. This conversation went a whole different direction than I was expecting. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I love it. So I, um, yeah, I have more thoughts that we can talk about later about this, but so tell me about what kind of licensing has worked for you because you have a style, but you're also absolutely, you're a, I feel like you're a, project licensor and a seasonal licensor and you do the things as you mentioned in the beginning that you know people need actually I I guess I guess it looks like I have a style but I don't feel like I do so I mean like something but people tell me they can tell what's mine but I don't really see how that's I mean all you have to do is look at my Instagram feed and it's like what is this like 10 different people but (laughs) I um what has really worked for me is thinking of product first. Mm-hmm. Yay. That's kind of what you're asking. Um, and taking it from there. Like I, like currently I have a thought in my head that would be ornaments. I haven't, it's not fully developed. So I'm going to sound yeah. again. Like, <laughs> um, and there's scenes from my childhood. Love it. Like winter scenes. And I want these to be I'm thinking ornaments, but then I thought, like, well, mem- I- like thoughts and memories in your head. Yeah. Like, you know, um, building snowmen, not, you know, yeah. like we used to go ice skating at a place across the 
street with had a big lake and swans and you know there was this big mansion and we didn't live in a mansion there just happened to be one on the lake <laughs> on the lake yeah <laughs> just to be clear. <laughs> and you didn't have a swan <laughs> and then my egg came in and- <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> Uh, so, you know, just things like that, or like make hand making ornaments or decorating the tree with my grandfather, or, you know, things like see just simple. Yeah. Scenes just those everybody- memories that anybody has from, from, uh, you know, from uh, yeah. something that made them happy, you know, something right. like that. So I wanted, I thought, oh, these would be great on just ornaments, you know, flat ornaments. But then I, then I, you know, that went further. But then I thought, oh, well, that would be a nice, uh, like a twall pattern. So that, and then, well, that could be this, or that could go into that or, and so that's, that's how my head works with that. And then actually I, I do have another idea for, I really love designing ornaments for some reason. I mean, cause to me, they everybody be, needs them. Yeah. So I have another, um, sort of a little applique ornamenty thing in mind that, but so I think that first, I, yeah, like we were talking about but that. you, but you also illustrate to seasonally, not everybody does that because people yes. be like, I just want to draw flowers forever, but you found success in being one of those people that does do a lot of flags or Christmas collections or things like that, yeah. which and I mostly do Christmas because I do what I'm excited about, you know, I'm not always like harvest really does nothing for me drawing trucks and scare. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I, and there are so many people that do that so well, it, it feels forced when I do it. But the, I love the fact that you're saying, you know, I love the holidays. I love the seasons. I know that there's many companies that need new product every year. So I can be that one of those people that provides that inspiration. Everybody needs Christmas. That's the thing I've heard probably shooting myself in the foot, but I hear over and over Christmas, Christmas, Christmas. I could do nothing Christmas. Probably. There are companies that design nothing but Christmas. I have worked for them and it's pretty fun. It, it, it is fun to make. Cause you get Christmas is one of those times when you can play with things like glitter and velvet and right. glass and yeah, a lot of texture. And, you know, I, I would guess that companies spend more develop manufacturing Christmas a little bit more like, like you can add, Special. Yes. You'll do things. You can do things that you wouldn't just do if it was. Which, yeah. If it wasn't, you know, every day or something, they might, you know, like you can add a little gold or something that maybe you would. But how does that differ? Like, do you ever wish that you just like went straight from art school to having a studio practice to painting or drawing or something? And then, and then were discovered because of your unique painting style like do you ever um say like I wish this went a different way or I you know because I feel like there's those different factions of of being discovered or being licensed or being known I would say I wish I had known about this sooner than I did Mm. and when I tried to license all those inky drawings that we referred to earlier Yeah. yeah I'll, I'll send you some of those to put on the thing. So people know what we're talking about. Uh, you know, it was too ahead of its time because yeah. people were, Oh, these would be great if they were color. And I'm like, what do you know? They're outlined, you know, and now that like is the whole thing and I should try to license those again. So that, uh, sometimes I'm ahead. Yeah. Sometimes I'm ahead of the, of the curve. And, you know, you, I think in the old days, even with you, that's not all we know. That's not always a good thing. <laughs> right. Right. I was having this conversation earlier today because I think we can design. I always feel like there's, there's a pyramid of the, the trendiest design that's at the tippity top, you know, yes. the things, the things that often we're drawn to because we're creatives and we're seeing things fresh and new and, and, but those sell to a very much more reduced number of people, you know, or, or they're high end, but I'm, I'm really thinking sometimes we're just ahead, you know, cause we're paying attention in a different way. And then as the, as the pyramid grows bigger towards the base, there's that thing that's in every store, you know, it's the llamas or the owls right. or the um, live, love laughs or whatever that yeah. I don't necessarily 
I'm not necessarily purchasing that. However, the huge giant section of the, the paying populace is. So where do we fit in between? I try to go in the middle of that because I, um, I, you know what I do? I try to stick with the classics. Like if it's Christmas, I'm not going to do a llama or a, again, I think they're great and I love looking at them and they're adorable, but I, you know, I'm going to probably do a deer or, you know, just something that I want to do. I mean, you know, Santa or a stocking or ornaments or, because that's, I mentioned this in my bio that I'm kind of illustrating a book about my life with everything I do. It, it's I that, love that. not apparent, but you know, if I do an illustration of a stocking, I'm thinking back to the ones that hung on the mantle or, you know, what, or at least what that felt like. And, you know, we didn't decorate with llamas, so I'm not, I, you know, so that, I mean, and I think that's why it doesn't occur to me to, or why it's just, it's not my thing. Yeah. Yeah. So your tap, your, uh, the other, another tip is tap into what, well, you said this with, with the ornaments, like tap into memories that make you feel a certain way. If you want to design something that, you know, brings right. back good memories or design, uh, tap into something that you remember, or, you know, it's, it might even be a feeling, but it's not yeah. saying, oh my gosh, everybody's drawing llamas now I have to do that it's you're saying I'm gonna keep doing this thing that that lights me up yeah and I think you know it's like when you when the advice people give budding authors is you know write what you know and I think it's the same in this industry it because if people know if you're forcing something yes I mean mean, they may not know why they don't like it or what's wrong it's like when you go into a room and there's something's off like not everything he knows that maybe the paintings are hung too high or too low or, you know, the balance isn't right somewhere, but you know, you might not know what it is, but you know, it's just not right. And I think that's true with illustration, you know, with anything, with anything really, you know, it's like cooking. Mm-hmm. You may still eat the pasta with the sauce. that's just okay, but something's not right. Yeah, that's very and true. You may not order that again because of that. So it's it's kind of that, really, if yeah. that makes any sense at all. Yeah, it, it's it's asking yourself one last time, does this feel right? Not not sending it out because you're overthinking it. Right. But like going with what feels right for you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's a difference. Yeah. I did kind of contradict myself from the beginning, but it's but it, you know, then somebody comes comes back to you and says, Oh, you know that yeah, this isn't right. And then maybe you tweak it some more and you figure it out and you know, then you're, then you're good. And I would, I would venture to guess if you're drawing from that place of something that's a good memory or feels good, it's going to be right. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it's while you're doing it. I mean, which sounds kind of crazy, but it's coming from the right place. So much good advice. We'll have to have a part two. I think we will have to have a part two. I just feel like I just love, I've always adored talking to you and, and I think, and making things and all the things working with, but, um, cause one of the things is we, we tend to, you know how those people, there's those people in your life, you can just distill things with, and you can be like, yes, I've had this experience and we've, we've been at this for a while and we have a little experience and some reflections to make. And I just, I absolutely love, um, what we've touched on today and I can't wait for people to kind of dig in and look, look at some of the images that you were talking about, but I just, I think like stick to the things that light you up and, and the memories that feel good and make the things you want to make and leave the rest for the people that want to make those other things. Don't overcomplicate things in general. I mean, that's just good advice in general, but you know, it is. Yeah. Ooh. So I could go on talking for about seven more hours and I'd love to tell me who is inspiring you these days. Oh gosh. Um, different people for different reasons. I love that whole group. They draw and cook me too on travel. And I I'm just constantly inspired by all the different artists and their spin on things. And I love the challenges they do. Because mm-hmm. it's like pizza. Oh my God. You know, you look and you're like, well, I didn't think 
oh my gosh, look how that person did pizza. You know, it's just, I just, I'm just totally inspired by that. I, it makes me think differently. Yeah, um, I love those. I love Miriam Bose. I hope I'm saying her name right. Uh, I, I just, I don't know. It's inspiring in the sense that I just love looking at her illustration. It's, yeah. it's for me, eye candy, just yeah. complete candy. I mean, I, I don't look and aspire to be her or anything because she's like, oh, but She's just, very talented. Did you know oh, she's one of those people that his Instagram years and years of, of art and Instagram got completely lost? Oh, no. So go follow her because her work is amazing. Um, who else? On Marwin. Is that? No, I'm not yep. saying her name. Yeah, On Marwin. She's fantastic, too. Yeah, just her work looks so simple and clean. Mm, but, good point. You know, that it, I don't want to undermine her work by saying it's simple. It's just... But it's hard to be simple. It's it's this exact yeah. conversation we've had the whole time where you can yeah. be, you can put too much in or you can choose yeah. to use your skill in a way that you're expressing it. Yeah, it's just that's Lori. harder. And um Lori Siebert, because she's she's another one with just millions of different styles, and she just attack, you know, I'm gonna do this, and she just attacks it and does everything she does really well. I mean, it's she, does. she really does. She and Tracy board. also, just because she cuts paper and I love paper cutting. Tracy English has all these people you've mentioned too. I feel like they really have um, found their niche. They, they don't yeah. necessarily, like Lori has many styles, but, uh, yeah. but her style is figuring out what, ne what is needed. Tracy yeah. has a style on Mar, Miriam, you know, and the, and the, they, they draw and cook has helped so many people. I think it's just, yeah. um, all these things make me smile. I think, you know, check out, we'll have these, these links, uh, in, in the show notes, but I, I am so inspired by people who are doing what lights them up and what they love to do and what they want to try and make a business out of, or what they have made a business out of and who are putting their creative foot out there and, and jumping in. I just, I love that so much. Yeah, you're you're one. I'm one. I mean, been doing it forever. So, yeah. Uh, well, thanks, my dear. I always love our time together. Thank you. That's it for this episode of Windowsill Chats. Thanks so much for being here with me. It's just so great to be able to bring you these conversations with the fantastic people and wonderful friends that I've met and made along the way. Make sure you subscribe to Windowsill Chats on your favorite podcast app, and please share it with a friend. And if this episode spoke to you, I'd really appreciate it if you would also leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. You can just go to the bottom of the episode you've just listened to and it'll let you leave a review. If you have any questions or want to check out more details or inspiration that we talked about, head over to the show notes at windowsillchats.com or tantostudio.com. They'll both take you to the same place. I can't wait to share more stories with you again next week. I value your time and I absolutely believe in your potential. Have a great one, everyone, and stay creatively curious.